fine. Okay, we are recording. So, uh, for your benefit, uh, this is DefenderCast. It is a podcast about business, property, and positive thinking. And we are in collaboration with Bridging and Commercial and the most fantastic lender that there is at the moment, which is Tab. We want to do a kind of quick fire. Um, 15 learn more more a bit about you yeah (laughs) okay 15 20 minute podcast um, and we'll see where it goes so you're the first guest we have about as much idea of what's going on as you do (laughs) so please relax Um, let's start with your name if you don't mind and your company Uh, yeah so my name is Michael Dean I'm a principal and co-founder of Avonmore Capital which is a development and bridging lender uh, based in the city of London Okay, perfect. And my quick question here is maybe your elevator pitch or do you want to give us a quick quick bit about the business? So Avonmore was set up uh, four years ago by myself, uh, Nick Petkov and Zahir Mirza and we were shortly joined after by Amit Majithia. Um, and we initially started out as the investment vehicle of a couple of family offices and we've now basically evolved the business into uh, an institutionally backed um, bridge and development lender where we focus on three key, three core areas which is um, larger scale conversion projects up to five million pound loan tickets um, our signature finish and exit where we effectively step into part built or part completed schemes and then we're also doing uh, we're quite comp- competitive in dev exits as well that must be keeping you busy at the moment stepping uh, into part built schemes it's a, it's a funny thing Duncan because we've been doing it since pretty much day one yeah um, our, in, even in our first year we did a 5.7 million pound um, step into a, a scheme of two large houses in North London which were we still needed a million pounds spending on them between yeah. the two and um, I guess I think something in the region of 40 percent of all the deals that we've done historically have involved some some element of part built or, or incomplete status so I think we kind of take it on our stride because we're just we're just used to it yeah. um, you know we're both lenders and property people yeah so and I think that helps is yeah that something which you're seeing growing that trend where you're you're getting more demand for it or is it pretty similar to when you when you started um, I think we're probably seeing more of it just because we're bit, a bit better at communicating uh, that we do it um, I, I actually think that if, if I'm honest I don't uh, I, I don't think there's been a, a material change I think there were always part completed schemes out there um, and we, we were seeing them even from from the get-go um, I think there is a perception though because of the slowing sales market and other issues and other issues in the development market that that somehow uh, there would be more of them but ironically we probably haven't seen as many of them as we would have expected uh, but notwithstanding that we do we do know that there's a good amount and good level of demand for yeah. for what we provide in that space what are you finding are the greatest influences on the sector currently um, I, I think what we are seeing now probably hasn't changed materially over the last three or four years since we started uh, which is huge number of market operators um, a, a lot of whom are doing the the same thing and you know and I, I think we would we, we probably have to include ourselves in that category we we ultimately are all selling the same product and yeah. we're just sort of packaging it up or, or, or marketing it in a slightly different way how do you uh, how do you have an impact on that basis because I've heard people say and I agree that there, there isn't really many USPs um, what is it that you try to focus on in order to sort of tell people that you've got a competitive edge? Well, I think that's a really good question, and uh, I, I know you've been in the industry a long time, so you you you, you personally will have your own ideas. But um, ultimately, we came into the industry as a when we set up Avonmore, we didn't have 
a background in, in bridge or development lending uh, as actual lenders um, and we've had to learn learn the business in a way and it's probably a really good thing it, 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 look I think we look look back at it and we say yeah well we coming into it with outsiders eyes I think were, was was really valuable and, and, and I think in many ways could have been a bit of a breath of, breath of fresh air for, for some of the people that we interacted with um, obviously that that also leads to its own frustrations because you know we, we also sometimes don't con- conform to the to the industry norms and and, and brokers and borrowers are sometimes may may have shrugged the shoulders at some of the decisions that we might have made you Not can't w- please everyone all the time can you <laughs> <laughs> yeah I think we've learned that um, so I think quite simply you know to, to identify your USPs as, as you rightly say is really important and to, to differentiate differentiate yourself in some particular way and I think the ways to do that in our experience are find uh, find areas where where you are unique or the best at what you do and 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 work off that Uh, because we've not been in the industry for a particularly long period of time it it means that we can't necessarily do the same thing as everyone else but just rely on the fact that we've got the best relationships or the deepest relationships and i know that certain people have, have have bounced around from from different lenders or created new lenders recently and they've been able to trade off the uh, trade off the back of the having mm. really really good relationships within the, in within the industry that's a really good point as well i actually had a conversation with a broker recently and he was saying the bridging market is completely built on trust and having those solid relationships in there is actually a usp for most lenders because if you don't have that how you know just saying that you've got speed and flexibility and everything else isn't going to get you the the traction that you need <laughs> I, I i would agree with that i I, I had my own experience probably when we were nine months into Avonmore and I picked up the phone to one of the largest uh, packages and I and I, I said look I'm you know I'm this I'm this great exciting you know with this great exciting lender and you know we're, we're family office backed and this that and the other and he said listen I get three calls a day from people like you why should I do business with you I'm I do 40 million pounds a month with lender X um, you know why should I give you some of their business what's special about you and uh, and ultimately you just hung up yeah (laughs) (laughs) and i and i said fair enough i think maybe i should just you know if you don't want to talk to me anymore that's fine and ironically actually we we can we can continue the conversation but he he made a good point and and ultimately the, the what you just said beth around trust it's so important it's what when i talk to um my origination uh team I said to you, we don't sell financial services, we sell trust. That's mm-hmm. ultimately because when a broker comes to you with a deal, they're trusting you sometimes with a, a, a client that they've had their entire career or a client that they're hoping to have for their entire career. And if you make a mess of that case for them, they're in danger of losing that client. Yep. And, and that, you know, if you, if you look at the, the potential loss of revenue over, uh, in the future, that's going to be quite material for uh, them. Absolutely, yeah. it doesn't just—it doesn't just end at the bridge. It starts at the bridge, and it doesn't end at the development either. There's there's term finance later, and they, you know it's not, and that's just on one like yeah. I guess transaction for their portfolio. I think that's the fundamentals of all business, and I think if you're pushing that down to your team, then it will serve you very very well. I mean, I've sort of coined the phrase of tab trust transparency, and I think it's really important, even if you can't help, you know, to tell people you can't help and why quickly. It's not just about delivering always on what you say you're going to do and making sure you you know get the basics right but um you know building trust really does i think help you stand the test of time absolutely what do you um think uh we'll see on a major development um side next year what what big change do you you expect to see um within our industry 
I think no one's got a crystal ball, and obviously we've got the uh, you know quite a, a big thing happening next month uh, politically, <laughs> and then potentially the end of January another uh, political issue as well. So I really can't I can't really comment to that. Certainly, one of the things that um, someone who who's quite active in the funding space said to me is that he he feels that. That, you know the number of operators within our industry is 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 probably likely to shrink. Some of it will be you know we may see some M and A activity. Mm -hmm. um, I think that the the market is hugely ripe for consolidation, and I would uh, I, I would fully expect larger operators to look at uh, niche specialists uh, increasingly uh, and and looking to to either. You know, buy, do full buyouts or, or effectively acquire teams and, and that sort of thing. Do you expect to see that from lenders, large lenders outside our bridging and development space? So, what someone said to me was, he thinks that um, he thinks that there is a, a good probability that people who've recently been able to get banking licenses but don't actually have any lending infrastructure mm. may look at. Um, may look at um, acquiring lending acquiring businesses. Lend lending businesses, even even non-reg uh, non-reg lenders, because uh, uh, ironically, if you want to use the Amicus case, what, what one of the issues that you have when you when you are a, a, a real lender with you know with with hairs and warts and all is that the PRA will look at that uh, will, will look at that and, and and start to make things more difficult for you. Whereas if you if you've just got a bank if you're applying for a banking license with with just a business plan mm. and nothing else, there are no hairs or warts because everything's perfect because yeah. you've not actually had to do anything. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, banks are required to do a lot more than just lend money, and you know, lended lending businesses have been had some experience. I think this is a cheap way to raise money taking deposits and ultimately there's a lot more involved mm. and yeah I think you're right I think some lenders need to be careful what they wish for having been through a process of um, you know selling a lending business and seeing what that evolves into there, I think there's I think you're right that there'll be some consolidation but there'll also be some losers um, some lenders have already disappeared out of the marketplace and I can imagine um, that they're feeling the pinch and I don't think it's, you know, like you said, the political landscape makes it very, very difficult to guess what it's going to look like. Yeah. Do you think there would be more exits um, based on the fact that margins are being compressed or that they, the fact that they, that they might not be underwriting deals as well as they should be? I think you're going to see an element of both of that, Beth, to be yeah. honest with you. Um, look. We we have we've already heard stories about um, some you know some some of our peers having funding lines pulled because the quality of the credit that they've been uh, underwriting hasn't been good enough, and and therefore you know their their access to funding is going to become limited. And when you're at, you know if, if you can't access funding as a as a lender, that you know that's a pretty pretty fundamental pr pretty fundamental thing <laughs> to your continued operation. Yeah. So that you know I, I, and I, and then. And, and I think sometimes if you want to get a bit more margin, you take a bit, of, you, you take a, uh, you compromise a little bit on credit. Yeah. Um, and so one thing can often lead to the other. It's a vicious cycle as well, because uh, with with lenders who've got institutional funding lines, they have to get that money out the door because you know, they're, they're being charged for it. So they are, they potentially could be looking at stuff which they wouldn't normally look to. Yeah, I mean, it is a dangerous place to be in. Uh, something I've considered very, very carefully when I started lending again is 
do you want to be under pressure to have an impact and make your money work for you with all that it comes with and um, I think lenders do need to be careful. They always need to be careful. It's not just in this landscape. It's it's always. I'm interested to ask a question because we've got a few quick um, fire rounds. What words of wisdom would you give to a younger person considering entering this industry? Having been there yourself, I mean, maybe you know, age being almost irrelevant, but someone looking to enter the industry, what words of wisdom could you provide? I I, I think. I think I would give the same words of advice to to someone who the same that I received when I was a, a, a you know a young buck at uh, Cushman and Wakefield uh, the, the the surveying and uh, surveying property consultancy um, you know going back sort of uh, 13 14 years ago um, which is you know always be good to people always be always be nice to people never cross anyone in because the bridging industry is a uh, bridging and development industry is effectively an extension of the property industry and it's a small world and you never know when you're going to need to work with someone or or, 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 or ask a favor of someone so always always try and stay in good terms with people never never try and upset anyone um, always be always be decent I completed a deal yesterday with someone who I've known it turns out I've known them for five years and it's taken us five years to do our first transaction. Love that. But you, I, I know, I yeah. absolutely love it. It's, yeah. it, it, you know, it's, it's, it's such a good thing, such a good feeling, because you know that it's, it's, it's something that's come out of the trust and respect that you've. Yeah, that and you've that would never have time. come if you hadn't have put the effort in, and you're not even putting the effort in specifically yeah. for that person, exactly. but you're kind of pushing your message out and pushing out positive vibes, and things come back to it's you. It's not always yeah. about the deal or the end result. It's just about building, building all those things. Exactly. Duncan talked about trust and the, someone said to me the components of trust are consistency and time and so I, I think that that would be that would certainly be something that I would advise anyone who's not just in not just into our industry but new to any business be consistent and do and be consistent over a period of time because in doing so people will tr- will begin to trust you and you know when trust when when trust comes good things generally follow yeah i mean the opposite of that is you can't build trust instantly right yeah it does take time um it doesn't matter even if you do hit the ball out of the park you still you know it's your first time it's your first home run so <laughs> it, no, it just it just takes time and you'll be you're absolutely right i think that's great who would you say was um your um mentor would do, have you do you have a mentor like, or, or someone which you kind of looked up to throughout your career in or out of the industry yeah yeah um yeah because I, I guess i've had i've had a few mentors uh, in business over over time um i uh, you know you know whether they whether i've called them a mentor or not is a completely different thing there was a, a there's a, a an equity partner at cushman and wakefield called james young uh, who was, you know, who was definitely, you know, what, what, definitely what, what you would uh, call my rabbi at the time in the, in, in the business, um, and then I suppose more latterly, the more latterly, um, I would say, someone like Simon Decker, uh, who's now at Paragon, formerly of Titlestone, someone that I've uh, I've built a really good relationship with, and we bounce ideas off each other from time to time and, and have breakfast and, and we get on and he winds me up about how bad Arsenal are and how great Chelsea are so um, yeah so that's I uh, feel that <laughs> <laughs> it's nice to have the kind of lender and lender relationships as well because we're seeing more and more of that at the moment because even though uh, lenders are competing with each other we're seeing a lot more kind of like breakfasts with, with each other just to catch up and see what they're feeling about the market because there isn't a huge amount of data in this space so no one you're kind of like relying on your own 
company and your, goes back to the trust theme, trust theme right i mean if you want to hide all your information and keep it all to yourself then expect to be kept out of the other circles yeah. where you can only learn um you only know what you know if you sit on your own in a dark room and if yeah. you get yourself out there and you're prepared to share information then you can learn what everybody else is thinking and what everybody else is doing and yeah, it makes a lot of sense to me yeah i, I think I'd, I'd add to that I think we, Beth, even you and I, maybe over lunch, I've, I've said to you, I, I believe that I, I believe our, our industry benefits when it is a when it is bigger and stronger. I think sharing best practices with your, you know, with, with your counterparts, because you know, because we're still a relatively small industry, because there isn't, you know, there aren't big, uh, you know, unlike you know, we don't have a council of mortgage lenders, you know, yeah, we've got the ASTL and we're members of that, and you know, we we, we have a lot of time for it, but. It's not, you know, it's a completely different kind of beast to something like the Council of Mortgage Lenders. Yep. So you don't have, you don't have the, the same depth of knowledge and sharing of best practice. And it, and it is getting better. And the better we can make our industry as a whole, the more we benefit. Because the, the more critical mass our industry has, as a consequence of that, it attracts better people into the industry. It also attracts more capital, better capital into the industry. Mm -hmm. And you know, if you combine those those two things, that will be a positive thing for 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 our industry going forward. Undoubtedly, <laughs> great. It's been brilliant. It's um, been, been great to have you. Thank yeah, you so hope much you for enjoyed me. it. It is a it's, very it's quick pleasure. Uh, <laughs> quick fire, but uh, I'd love to catch up with you again soon yeah. as well. Duncan, that would be lovely. Thank you very great. much. Thank Thanks you, for being our Thanks. first one here. <laughs> brilliant.